on this episode of In The Rack Podcast. I blame the system. I mean, it does suck that the therapists have to work in there. I, I, I used to be like, oh, that therapist is terrible or oh, that doctor's horrible, right? But now I'm like, you know what? It's just the system. The system just sets everybody up for failure. It's, it is unfortunate. And, and that's kind of why we changed our model the last couple of years. So welcome to In The Rack Podcast where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple hows in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to them. Now, let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. Hey, Gooders, this is Esther. And I'm Jason. And this week on a Gooder Life podcast, we have the fantastic pleasure of chatting with a great friend of mine, Mr. Chad Biceps Burnham. Chad is a physical therapist out of Massachusetts, and he comes at us with an enormous amount of wisdom with how we can start breaking down the traditional models of physical therapy, begin to blend that with the wellness initiatives into personal training. And of course, he leaves us with his core values, which is really find your tribe, your community, your uniqueness, and go out there and make a difference in the world. We hope you guys enjoy. Don't worry I'll about it. Like I'll be this. back. I'll do the I'll robot if you yeah. get choppy. I'll if hide. I freeze, I hope my face looks okay. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna have to do? I'm gonna have to find something from one of your other podcasts and dub it in. That's okay. There's plenty of them. Go for it. I like it. I like it. Speaking <laughs> of which, you do have your own podcast, Chad. Why don't we start there? Oh, cool. Yeah, it's called In the Rack Podcast. And um, it's literally inside of a rack, which if you are familiar with the weight room, it's in a squat rack. So I'm on one side, my other PTs on the other side. Well, I was supposed to be on one side, but then I lost my seat. So I'm kind of like outside the rack. So we give like all of our guest speakers, like my spot in the rack. We were saying like, you have to earn your spot in the rack, but everybody just got got it in there. Everybody gets a trophy. So they all, they all get in there in the rack and then we all just have a great conversation. Yeah. It's in, it's in the gym and, and everything. So it's uh it's great. Yeah. We have a lot of good guest speakers on. We use it a lot too, for um, connecting with the community. Cause we're, we're huge with, with the community that we're, we're a part of here. So we love to talk with other small business owners as well as like other trainers and, you know, other PTs in the area and just kind of just keep, keep the circle going. So yeah. it's great for that. And, and where, where are you located? We're in Salisbury, Massachusetts. So right on the line of New Hampshire. It's about 25 minutes north of Boston. There we go. So, your accent. Yeah. No, People I, know where Boston is. Boston. Boston. Yeah. But it, it Chad, all the, you, yeah. I've this is my first time meeting you, and I know our listeners don't know who you are. So I sure. really want to know like everything about you. But let's start with like how you who you are, how you got into fitness, how it transitioned to PT and all that good stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my name is Chad Burnham. I'm a physical therapist. I've been a PT for about 12 or 13 years now. So um, I went to school at University of Rhode Island. And uh, that's kind of where I met a lot of my mentors today. So I knew uh, that's where I met um, uh, not not Gary Gray, but I met uh, Dave Tiberio out there because that's that's right in his, his stomping ground. So um, I met Dave there and then got introduced to all that. And that's where I met Jason. And that's kind of where this came to be. But um, I got into fitness probably when I was more or less like 15 or 16. Um, and that it was kind of more or less just, uh, just to stay active kind of thing. 
Uh, and then, you know, back then, you know, magazines were cool, right? Like we didn't have, you know, social media back then we didn't have, I mean, we had instant messenger, which was cool, but you couldn't like see pictures on there. Right. So, um, you know, we used to get the bodybuilding magazines and everybody wanted to be that person. Right. So, um, I got myself into a gym membership and, uh, just started kind of going from there and, uh, just kind of grew to love it. And then knew from then on that I wanted to do something in the medical field. Didn't know if I wanted to quite do physical therapy, but I was definitely more in the, you know, exercise kind of base industry. So, uh, I kind of just kind of tested the waters a little bit, just see what I liked when I got into school. That again, that's kind of where I met Dave. And, uh, that's where I met a couple of my other mentors, which are PTs. And I kind of just fell in love with PT. And, and as I kind of grew into the industry more, I found that I could kind of utilize both. So, um, that's kind of like where I'm at today. And I feel like, uh, we're in a good spot. So. Cause if I yeah. were to just take a look at you, Chad, I'd be like, Oh my God, he's a bodybuilder. Okay. Listeners, <laughs> Jason's going to put a link on the notes below. I want you to go to his Instagram and check it out. Just, just saying. <laughs> which is, which, which is a great segue. I mean, you threw first off, thank you for that Chad. And we are more than yeah. static to have you here. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I've known you three or four years now. Through yeah. The- something like that. Yeah. And it, it was one of those things like speaking about, you know, Hey, everyone wants to be that guy with the magazine at our gift program. We don't get like the most like muscularly endowed people. We usually like, you know, <laughs> you have any image of what a physical therapist looks like. You, you kind of got that image. And so I, I was like used to being the biggest dude in the room until Chad walks in and I'm like, oh, screw this shit. And so I'm like, well, I could do one of two things. I can either just shun him and just like make it really awkward or I can befriend him. And then I have an ogre on my team when like, you know, the, the guilds decide to clash. So I was like, all right, well, let me, let me go, you know. And what was really interesting, so my wife is in the program too, Marissa, and you were her first partner, an FMR. And she was like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of like crap my pants for a second because I get this like, <laughs> dude with the softest hands ever and she, <laughs> he went you know so for as manual therapist and what we do in gray institute we do a lot of what's called fmr where we use our hands to facilitate reactions we want to get the body to either unstick itself create more stability mobility just it's a it's a tool we use and the, our, our first meeting was chad putting his hands all over my wife Oh and my gosh. We've become great friends ever since. And that's yeah. the start. And now we Jason, have- you should you should tell them what FMR stands for. Functional manual reaction. And we can maybe dive into that. We like to keep it slightly nerdy, but also very digestible here. So we can maybe touch on that a little bit more. But yes, Chad put his hands all over my wife. We're now great friends. If the his soft hands. <laughs> soft hand, Mr. Soft Hands. Uh, oh, if it's any consolation, she was my first two in the gift program. So oh, there we, go. we have that special bond, you know, Aww. exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and I, I think, I think what's really exciting for the listeners. So here we are in a gooder life podcast where we talk about what normal people can do to live a gooder life. And we focus around kind of the obscure outlying fitness topics, right? We talk about a lot of popular things, but we also put our own spin on them, typically focusing around some type of central core message or idea, identity, something that can really dig deep into the core of who you are. And and Chad, I think you have a very interesting position right now, being, you know, a a muscular person in in a world where you're dealing with broken, injured people. And I, I think one of the things we can start talking about is, is the, uh, the notion of people coming in and kind of setting that 
preconceived judgment. Like, okay, here's a big guy. Does he actually have the tools? Is he well-equipped? Is he knowledgeable? Or is he just a knucklehead? That, that was something that kind of, you know, in all seriousness, that's who totally. I was. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. My career was just, and I was, I was a knucklehead and then something changed. And now I'm, I'm at a very different point. And I, I think that there's a lot of people right now who are, the fitness is evolving. And for, for people who are listening to this, you know, where can we start to kind of guide people to understanding how they want to be presented physically, but also where they should begin to start shifting their priorities from the educational and academic side of things and how you kind of blended those two with what you do. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think and it's the same for the field of physical therapy too. I mean, this is, I don't want to say it's new, but it pretty much is. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people out there that are blending the two. Um, there's not a lot of therapists that like to load their patients or clients, however you want to call it. And um, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, before we actually started adding the training to our, um, our services, we had a great network of uh, personal trainers that we still work with, you know, and, and that would be our transition for some of our, our patients, you know, to move to this next level. Um, because to be honest, it's PTs just aren't well trained in the, uh, prescription of exercise. It's just, that's just what it is. You know, um, we get a great healthy dose of knowing how to do manual work, great healthy dose of how to use all of these interventions, like, ultrasound, which nobody really uses anymore. Um, or, and if you do, you should stop if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, so we're, we're very good at all of that, but I feel like we lose the boat on exercise progression. Um, and I will be honest, like it's, it's, uh, it, it's, I do attract a certain avatar. There's no doubt about it. Like I get the active athlete. I get a lot of CrossFitters. I get some bodybuilders. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I don't get many of the um, 80 year olds, you know, female type of population. That's like, Hey, I, I just want to walk better or whatever. I mean, do we still get those? Of course. Um, I have another PT that is a, uh, He's probably like a smaller scale of myself, but he's also, <laughs> he's a very good athlete. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a very good, like overall athlete. Um, I love to train. I love to, to weightlift. Um, but he is, he is an athlete. Like he plays basketball on the side. Like he knows, you know, how to progress people in that realm. So, um, we, we work very good together. There are certain people that he attracts and certain people that I attract. Um, but it's, it's also nice that we have this social proof nowadays too. Like we have this, you know, Instagram, we have this, you know, Facebook where we can talk to people. We have podcasts where people can listen to us talk and be like, oh, okay, I guess he's a little bigger, but I guess he's not as dumb as he looks, you know what I mean? Or whatever it may be, right? So they can hear you talk. They know that you're not just some idiot, you know, and, and you, you do know how you can help these, these types of people, right? So um, I think that was it. it uh-oh. Of a hit for me in terms of, of getting that clientele? Or did I lose you guys? A little bit. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. I almost, um, I almost had to do the robot. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't super, super hard for me to attract those types of patients in the beginning, but I will say that, you know, being in the business for as long as I have, I now, you know, have, you know, generated a, a certain, um, you know, population where I've got a waiting list, right? So it's like, it can go the other way too. Just because you're that way doesn't mean it can't work, you know? Um, but I also think that, 
you know, things have to change as well in the fields, not only in personal training, but in physical therapy. Um, because I think there's that, like, um, that preconceived notion that, you know, PTs have to just do one thing or personal trainers just have to do this one thing. Right. Like that was the big thing when we were in the gray Institute. Like I remember your wife, Marissa was like, well, I don't know if I can do that. It's like, well, why can't you do that? You've been trained to do it. I don't understand why you don't feel, is it because you don't feel competent or is it because you feel like somebody's going to shun you if you do it? Like, you know, and, and I think it was the second option, you know, it's like people feel like they shouldn't be doing it because somebody's going to tell them they shouldn't be doing it. Not that they, you know, they're allowed to do it. And quite honestly, Marissa is very smart. Like she can probably do it better than 90% of the people. And I mean, I don't know if you remember that one time, but she called out Gary Gray at our, do you remember that? And it was, I I think it was gift gathering Gary three. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure he does because he had to change a few things. I mean, that they had been teaching for quite a few years. So um, it's, it's funny how like, you know, j- just because you're a PT or you have certain initials after your name doesn't necessarily mean you're like the person, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are tons of trainers out there, Jason, you included that, like, you know, I would trust more than some of my PT colleagues. It's just what it is, you know? Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that's the way it is, but I think too, going forward, like patients need to be better advocates for their own health as well. Like they need to know who they're looking for, right? They need to know that Jason is my guy or Marissa is my girl. You know what I mean? Like they need to know these people, you know, even if they're not a PT, like personal trainer, even if they're not a physical therapist, like they need to find the person who's the best fit for them, you know? And I think it's getting better. I think it is, but I think we still got a little ways to go. Well, Chad, I just recently had um, experience with a traditional PT. I'm sure you have been to a traditional PT office where there's about six beds or what are they called? Not beds, but tables, treatment tables, tables. And the PT will go and give them exercises and you're doing like 20 reps and like you're done and just waiting five minutes for them to come and tell you to do something else. So recently I had to go to one because, but before I tell you my story, I'm going to tell you, I have a huge hip hike um, with each pregnancy got worse and worse to the point where Marissa and Jason came over. They actually really helped fix me. And Jason looked at me and said, Esther, you should put a shoe on your left foot and don't wear a shoe on the right. And that changed everything. Now I got cocky, took it off. Now I'm back where I am. I'm back in one shoe. But Jason actually fixed me over, like we had a Zoom call, right, Jason? And you kind of helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now fast forward, I am going to my PT through a doctor. The initial guy assesses me and I tell them, listen, I do all these exercises at home. All I want is someone to come in like manually work on me because that's what I need. Cause I can't do that myself. So they give me this girl and she was okay. And she tried to give me exercises, but, um, what was really frustrating to me was that she didn't really understand that my knee problem came from my hips and my tight lats, which Jason also pointed out as well. And so she focused for the next five weeks only on my knees. And guess what? I still wasn't fixed until I put on the shoe. So what I love about like what I was literally stalking your, your company. I think yours is something that I would definitely go to and look for because you combine knowledge of the entire body, you know, with 
exercise because being a trainer, I love to lift too. But lately, like I can't load because of my knees. I have arthritis. I'm older, blah, blah, blah. But it would be so nice to have somebody like you here to like kind of hold my hand and like transition and give me the manual um, release that I need and just to kind of work with me. There's literally almost no one here. And the sad thing is actually there's one girl. She doesn't take it. She doesn't take insurance and she's quite expensive, but I fork it over and I go there. And the sad thing is I live right by Princeton University. We have some of the top people there. I just don't have access to them. So I have to go to a traditional PT. And I'm telling you, it is like, sorry, it's crap. It is crap. You're not, you're not lying and you're not offending me either. Um, and this, cause this is all part of what we try to preach here as well. I mean, that's part of our podcast. I mean, if, if you listen to a few of our episodes, we, we, do quote unquote shit on the traditional model because the traditional model really is not setting up these patients for success. It's just not, you know, I mean, you can't put three patients in the same room and treat all of them at the same time. You just can't do it. It's not, first of all, it's not possible. Second of all, like you're missing things. And third of all, like you're not, you're not giving them the time that they need. So it's, it, it is unfortunate. That's the way it is. And I don't blame I blame the system. I mean, it does suck that the therapists have to work in there. Like I, I, I used to be like, oh, that therapist is terrible or, oh, that doctor's horrible. Right. But now I'm like, you know what? It's just the system. The system like just sets everybody up for failure. You know, like it's, it is unfortunate. And, and that's kind of why we changed our model the last couple of years. So three, when we first started, we were all, ca- we were all insurance-based. Now we're, we're all cash-based. Um, and that was the main reason why we did that just because we couldn't provide the amount of time that we want to. And, and Jason, you know, like going through any type of these assessments, like 3D maps, it takes time. Like you can't see multiple people at the same time. You can't reevaluate these patients and you can't implement what you want to implement with the amount of time that you have. So uh, when we can do one-on-one sessions for a full hour, yeah, it does get a little pricey, but think about how much money you're probably spending when you have to go see a person two times. Sometimes they try to get you three times a week, you know, for six weeks, 12 weeks, and we can see you once a week for six weeks, you're paying probably the same, if not less, if you get reimbursed for your insurance exactly. company, if you have out of network benefits. And it's like, man, but the problem is, it's like, we just look at the the upfront costs, not the long-term costs. And that's just what it is, you know? Um, but it's our job to educate people on the benefits of, you know, why we can help you. And not only is it a financial reason why we can help you, but it's also because, hey, we can get you better, like faster, we can get you better, stronger and all this other stuff, you know? So like you said, prime example, you know, like somebody you somebody that comes in with knee pain, I mean, maybe we'll work a little bit on the knee to calm down some symptoms and, you know, put out some fire. But let's just be honest, that's not the root cause of the problem. We all know this, right? Um, but not everybody does know this, you know, and that's the problem. So when somebody goes in and you're treating a knee for six weeks and you haven't touched anything else or addressed anything else, it's no wonder you still have pain. You know, I get some patients that will come and see us because we're big feet people. And we'll have people with knee pain and we'll work on their foot for like these first two or three visits. And like, why haven't you touched my knee? It's like, well, how does your knee feel? Well, it feels better. It's like, great. You know what I mean? So it's like, we don't actually have to touch your knee, but it's, it's not blaming the patient that they don't know. It's, it's educating, educating them on why we're working on their feet versus why we're not touching their knee or spending so much time on their knee. You know, so it's, yeah, I do want to say, I think you're right. It is the insurance based people because, um, a client of mine went and she, she told me, 
Oh, um, I, I went in for my knee and I told him I my hip hurt and the PT told her, I can't touch your hip because the script says knee. So yes, in that sense, it's not always the PT's fault. I do get that. I'm so glad you clarified that because I don't want, I don't think all PTs are bad, but right. I think you're right. They're handicapped by, you know, the system. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on the, on the flip side, like the PT should know better, right? Like the PT should take some onus as well and say, oh, well, the script does say knee pain, but be a, be a therapist, be a clinician and say, okay, well, could this be coming from the hip? Great. We can still treat your knee, but work on your hip. Like you're going to tell me that any exercise that you're not doing for the hip is probably not working the knee at the same time. Come on. It it is. So, and, and that's where the onus falls on the PT as well, because some PTs like, and that's, again, that kind of goes back to you doing your homework, right. Finding the, the best fit for you because some PTs, it's just a job, you know, it's not like a career. It's not a lifestyle, you know, and mm-hmm. you have to love it. So. Yeah. And, and so, so many, so many great things in that little exchange right there. I want to kind of point out three, which I think might be noteworthy for, for listeners to kind of wrap their brains around. First off, we, it's this constant battle between traditional and progressive. And I'm curious, Chad, especially in in your perspective, at what point do we drop like the traditional PT? At what point does the traditional species become extinct? Because we do know that, especially with work, with the Gray Institute and with a lot of what's happening, like things are starting to shift. Like, do you think in our lifetime in the next 50, 60, 70 years, we see the death of the traditional therapist and the more integrative model? Or do you think this is something the industry is constantly going to have to be plagued with? Sorry, I missed the beginning of that, Jason. I, my internet was out on you. What did you say in the, really, in the very beginning like of that? Very intently listening. I was did like, you see me? So was I really I into it? Just, yeah, just eyes bugged out. I'm like, no, peace broke. So <laughs> it's all good. So what to sum it up really quick is we keep talking a lot about the, the never ending battle between the traditional and the progressive physical therapist. And I'm curious, do we see the death of the traditional therapist at some point? And is, is it a function of us continually to label people as traditional therapists? That's going to kind of spiral them into the hole, like calling someone traditional. Does that intensify their traditionality or does that encourage them to come and be more progressive and I'm just curious like do we actually see that do we see the death of the traditional therapist and do we get to a point of integration in the next you know 50 decades or something like that or is it going to be something that the industry is just plagued with I I do think that is true I think it is a generational thing I'm not I'm not gonna lie like I, I think I was right at the very end of it because when I graduated PT, like, like progressive PT wasn't really too much of a thing at that point in time. It was, you know, Dave Tiberio being and Gary Gray being called, you know, weird. Right. But now it's like, Oh, now it makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's like, all of a sudden it's like coming to fruition. People are like, you know what, this is making sense now. Let's be more progressive in, in how we treat these people. But I think some people are kind of still stuck in that in that phase. And, and some people don't want to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just so used to doing what they're doing. Um, and, and number one, they, they, they don't want to get out of it. Number two, they, they probably don't, I don't know if they have aspirations to get any better or if they just don't see the value, like literally they're just that ignorant. I I don't know. I mean, it could be that as well. I mean, it's very possible. I mean, there's not a lot of people that understand how the body truly works. I mean, you, you still see a, a lot of, a lot of negligence, if you will, of, of people, trying to say, oh, this is what you should do in this situation. It's like, that's not how that works. That's not even close. You know what I mean? And 
we are the only ones that understand that because we've been through the whole program. We, we understand how the body works as a whole, you know, but you ask any physical therapist, you know, how does the body react? Like say, for example, when the foot hits the ground, like what happens to the knee? They'll be like, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like they probably couldn't tell you. I was literally just on a podcast with, uh, Steve, Steve Huff. He's on our, he's in our, our, oh, our uh, oh yeah. 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 So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he kind of broke down this, this whole transformational zone of the shoulder blade and the shoulder. And I was like, dude, that was pretty amazing. He goes, yeah. I was like, no, but you don't really understand that. Not many people can do that. Like you just broke down what happens during this motion to the shoulder and scapulothoracic joint. And not many people understand how that works, you know? So, which is kind of sad. Instead, we just throw this general protocol on people um, and, and, you know, wonder why people don't get better, you know? So I think people need to take a better, like they need to be a little bit more proactive about their education, number one. Um, but I also think that the tides need to shift and insurance isn't going to get any better. So I think you're going to start seeing people kind of going more to this hybrid model so that they can actually spend that type of time with the patient, you know, cause I know some people can be limited with time. There's no doubt about it, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta also try, you know what I mean? It's right. you gotta try. Yeah. Which, which brings me to the, to the second point. So if the first point is like, we have this traditional people, which I, I kind of agree with you. I think, I think it is changing. I think a lot of schools because physical therapy now is a doctorate. So it's three years on top of college. So seven years to, to become a therapist. And I think it is changing to where great institute-esque and more advanced integrative treatments are being bled into different programs. So I do think that that's going to change. So that's, that's a positive there. The second thing, and I think this is a big one, is systemically, right? It, the system is designed to do what the system is designed to do, which is to keep people in the system and make sure the system makes money. And that's probably never going to change. That's how all major never. systems, yeah. I mean, that's how our country works. That's how the world works is system of, of exchanges and money and commerce. So, you know, what, what was it that made you take the leap? Like, you know, cause it obviously must be scary saying, Hey, I have this insurance blanket, this buffer. And now all of a sudden I'm going from asking people for $25 co-pays to, I don't know what your rate is, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll balloon you up here, three fifty an hour. And sure. right, that, that that's that's obviously difficult, and this can be applied to trainers as well because we have trainers that listen on this podcast. They're like, "Oh man, I can't, I can't charge more. Like, I, I feel that my skill set is is capped." But there had to be something, Chad, that that really said, "You know what? I gotta, I gotta. The system ain't gonna change. I'm gonna change the way I integrate with the system." And you've done it very successfully, and I think that could be valuable to our listeners. Yeah. I, and I, I didn't do that alone. So I just want to, I want to put that out there and say that if that's something that you're planning on doing, then you need to find a network that can help you get there. So um, like you were just talking about, um, you know, I don't think I'm worth that much. That's a mindset issue. Okay. So now you need to work on that. Do you know how to work on that? No, but you, somebody does and somebody can help you work on that, you know, and, and I ended up joining a mastermind uh, a couple of years ago to help me kind of get through that to better prepare me to make that transition. So um, we didn't make that transition all at once. We, we got rid of some insurance companies, then some others, then some others. And then finally we got rid of them all. But um, in that process, we had to change all of our systems, but not only the systems in the practice, but like the systems in our head, like, you know, it's, it becomes more of a, I don't want to say a sales process, but it is, you know, healthcare is a business. Let's be honest. It's what it is. 
Um, and as PTs, even as trainers, you're a salesperson, you're selling your service. You know, you may not be selling a product. Well, yeah, the product's you, right? So you're selling yourself. Um, and you need to be able to portray that message that that patient buys into what you're telling them. Now, it's not like you're selling them snake oil, but you want to understand how they can best, you know, how you can best help them, you know, get to reach their goals, you know, whatever that may be. Maybe it's, I want to lose five pounds. Maybe it's, I want to get stronger. Maybe it's, I want to just be able to pick up and hold my grandkids. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, you just got to dive deep, you know, into, into what those reasons are. Um, but I think the first thing would be to find a network that can get you there. And I think you're right. I think it's not something that's going to happen by change. Like you, nothing's going to change. You're the one that's going to have to change. Um, and that's, that's basically what we said. We said that like, we're like, man, you know, this isn't going to get any better. In fact, this is only going to get worse. You know, Medicare made more cuts. I'm like, dude, they're making so many more cuts. We can't make any money, like literally losing money on patients. Like this is not make, this is not making any sense. Um, and if you think it's going to get any better, it's going to get worse. Medicare is making more cuts this year. And this is on the PT side, of course, but I think it, it opens up a door and opportunity for personal trainers, because what's going to end up happening is these patients are only going to be able to see these PTs for so long until they're going to need to go to that next level. And that next level may be personal training. You know, um, <clears throat> I also think that it's showing people the value of the service that you're providing. Cause when you go to a personal training, you're like, Oh yeah, insurance doesn't cover this, you know, insurance. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to have to pay for this out of pocket. That's just what it is. Right. Um, but when you go to a personal trainer, you know, I'm sorry, when you go to a physical therapist, it's like, well, but I have my insurance, you know, my insurance will cover most of this treatment. So it's, it's part of that, that you have to kind of let them know and say, Hey, listen, this is the reason why we don't take insurance and this is how we can help you. Um, kind of like what we talked about before, but I think you're right. It, it's, it's, it's totally a mindset thing, you know? And um, I think that for somebody to say that they're not worth a certain amount is to say that they don't believe in themselves. And if you're not gonna be able to believe in yourself, then you think that the patient or the client in front of you is gonna believe in what you're doing? Probably not, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's that part of it. You don't wanna be like, you wanna be confident, but you don't wanna be overconfident and cocky either. You know what I mean? Like, you're not like, hey, I charge a thousand bucks an hour. I'm the best in town. It's like, yeah, but you have one patient. So you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, so. so Do you I think have a number yeah. of patients that transition into just like your personal training clients? It's a good question. Yeah, we do. We, so we call that our continuity program. So our continuity program is, so once we run our course of physical therapy, whether it's like a package um, that they finish, they're at that point where they need that next level, but they probably don't need all the other PT stuff, you know, whether it be stretching or whether it be manual therapies, you know, like the FMR stuff that we were talking about, maybe they just need progressive exercise, right? Um, then we'll transition them over to what we call our continuity program, which is bringing them through, it could be three months, six months, 12 months, kind of like you would a normal training um, session or a training contract. Um, and then we progress them that way. So they could do one day a week, two days a week, some do three days a week, you know? Um, and we had actually just started small group training, which is like kind of the third tier on our continuity program. So we have it like PT and then they transition to training like one-on-one. -on -one. So they're still getting the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, um, but it's not as much PT. Um, and then they go to small group where they can be with a group of maybe four to six people somewhere around their, you know, category in terms of, you know, ability, if you will, you know, they could be like, 
all total knees or all shoulders or all whatever. And then we'll progress them through an eight week program. So it becomes more affordable, but it also keeps them in our ecosystem. You know what I mean? So we're able to continue to oversee their care, but also see them progress and make sure that they, they reach the goals that they need to. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 It's a great model actually. (laughs) And the patients love it. They really, and the clients. Yeah, they, they really do. And And especially like if they feel really good after the PT and they trust you, of course, they're going to want to stick around and get stronger with you, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, totally. And to kind of go off of what you were saying, Jason, about the whole price tag thing, it's, um, I have a, uh, another trainer here. She, she's not a PT. She's a, just a personal trainer. I say just personal. She's our personal trainer. Okay. She's amazing. Um, and she was having the same problem. She's like, well, why is somebody going to want to go with me if they can just go with you? And I'm like, well, that's our, that's our job to sell them on why they might benefit more from you versus us. You know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. So, and she's like, well, and and we're, we're charging, she's charging more than more than anybody else in the area. I mean, she's right around hundred dollars an hour. So, which in our area, like Jason was saying, it's about 80. $75, $80 an hour is is about average for the trainers in our, in our area. So she was like, well, why would they see me if they could just see somebody else down the road? It's like, well, that's not the attitude. Like you, you know, you're good and look at the environment. They're not just paying for training. They're paying for your experience. They're paying me for the environment that they're in. It's the whole customer experience that they're paying for. It's not just your time. You know, I mean, your time is important. Don't get me wrong, but it's the whole experience. It all adds up. Right. So when you go down the road and it's, it's, and there's nothing against boutiques, right? But like we have two levels, we have 3,300 square feet of like all the state of the air equipment, you have options, you know? So it's like, it's, it's going to cost a little bit more. It's just what it is, right? Based and based off your experience, you know, and not to say that you can't get all things done in like a smaller room, you can, you know, but it's just an extra added benefit. Plus you're in a PT place, you know, which, which, you know, God forbid anything happens, it's a good place to be, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. but Absolutely. needless to say, she went from having no clients to having like, I think she picked up like 12 clients her first month. So wow. it's like, yeah. And she was like, wow, I didn't really think that was going to work. I was like, but now she's all in. So now she's like, let's do group training. Let's do all this other stuff. So she's like, she's on cloud nine right now. You know what I mean? Awesome. And I love it. Good for her. So it's, it's amazing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's good to see it come around and it's, it's like, you have to like, have somebody like behind you that is pushing you as well. Like you need somebody to help you, you know, keep you like believe in you and keep you confident and all that other stuff. Cause all that stuff really does matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So, so yeah, we, I, I mean, that's fantastic. Just absolutely motivational gold coming from biceps burnum right there. <laughs> Wait, what's his nickname? Biceps Burnham. Biceps Burnham. Yeah, yeah. that's what uh, Doug Gray called. I, my, I, I, I refuse to don the the tank. Chad gave me. I have the same tank top, but I refuse to do it. I, yeah, I, what the hell? You should have worn today. We could have been bros, dude. I'm coming off COVID. I'm small. I gotta like. I gotta. Oh, oh God, you guys, God. stop yeah. it. Yeah. You know, oh like, my gosh. So, so <laughs> I we, hear you. We hit two of the three points that I that I wanted to talk about. The the traditional therapist seems to be on the way out, and really it comes down to a mindset thing, right? If you're listening to this and you're like, man, I really, I kind of fall into that traditional model, then you you have a choice. I I believe everyone has the choice and the chance to change. And in order to do that, it starts with getting in your own head and seeing authentically where you're at, right? You know, don't, you can't call a pig a horse, right? Like if a pig's a pig, it's a pig. And if you're, you know, in that, in that mindset of being traditional, 
you have to change by actually changing. And there's tons of educational resources. Of course, we preach Great Institute because that's really been kind of our core transformational entity, right? It's really helped us see and understand. And of course, like I know I can't speak for you guys, but I've branched out and done tons of other educational stuff as well. That's not GI, but then I've been able to integrate it and I continue to integrate it, which I think is the core sure. All therapists, right, is to is to break free from the, the traditional label by just educating yourself and knowing that the system is meant to keep you down, right? If you go into a clinic, you're going to get smacked with insurance. You're going to be told no more than you're told yes. And just put yourself in the patient's shoes and, and imagine if you're the patient and you're just be constantly being told no, like your knee hurts. No, nah, it's not going to get better. Like you don't want that mentality. So the same thing can be applied to you as a therapist. You, you start saying yes, like, oh, yes, I can treat the hip because if I do a squat, it's going to hit both the knee and the hip. Like, so you're still, you're, you're within your bounds. You have to get creative. And I think Chad, you nailed it. Uh, you know, the, the message for today is community, finding that support system, finding others out there who can actually help you, who can guide you, who have done it before. They're like, we're, we're, no one's reinventing the wheel. We're just got to be brave enough to jump on the wagon. And this is a good wagon. This is one that's got those, those jetpacks on it. And we're going to be going far with this. So find people who can help support you, which then brings me to my third point, which I'd like you to really chat about. And this is always a fun one is we talk so much about three-dimensionality and, you know, we kind of mentioned, which this might've blown people's minds, guys, the hip is the knee, they're connected. So is the foot it's connected. And, you know, for us, it's so commonplace, but for so many people, it's just like, what is it? I thought it was a knee. No, it's two bones that are connected to two different joints. How is your ability to integrate three-dimensionality into what you're doing? Do you still get pushback? And how do you help explain to people like what we're doing so that it can make sense to them? Because I know Esther, we chat about this, is you get clients that you start doing a 3D matrix and they're like, no, but I want to lose weight. And you're like, no, 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 but I'm going to make sure you don't blow your back out and you're going to get a great workout. And they're like, no, no, I just want to lunge in the sagittal plane. Like it happens to us all the time. Mm -hmm. So what's your experience been with that chat and any advice you have on just learning something new and then being able to integrate it while still maintaining that level of confidence with your clients? Yeah, I think I think a great example of this was actually when we were just at the last gift gathering, man, we were talking about this, like, how can we better promote, you know, um, you know, the Gray Institute, or how can we better promote, you know, you know, three dimensional training, you know, or 3D maps, it's like, well, just don't call it 3D maps, like, no, I mean, I, I love it, you love it, we everybody loves it, but nobody cares, like, let's be honest, you know what I mean, your patients and your clients don't care what it is. So what we do is, is we use the, the common foundational movement patterns and we just modify them. So it's so simple to say, oh, how can we make this squat three-dimensional? Well, geez, we could change foot position. We could change, you know, we could change the uh, direction vertically. We could change it, you know, horizontally. We can change how wide we stand. Like there's so many different things that we can do, right? Um, like we can just do a lunge forward, but we can do it sideways. We can throw some rotation in there. So it's like, our biggest thing is, especially for our athletes too, is, is being able to kind of promote like that injury prevention because it's, it's how we function. You know, I mean, you wouldn't imagine like how many people still are just like, Whoa, but my knees can't go over my toes. Right. It's like, Oh my God, this is still happening. This is still happening. It's and still like my VMO is weak. Oh my God, dude. It's like, it's wild. It's still out there. It's come, it's coming, it's coming better, but it's not, not where it needs to be, you know? So 
Um, but being able to portray the importance of three-dimensional training is important, you know, and, and just letting everybody know that, yeah, it's, we not only want to be strong here, but we want to be strong there and then showing them, okay, this is the position that you tore your ACL in or whatever it may be. And this is where we need to go. This is, this is how we need to get you there, you know? So, um, we do it with all of our patients. Our patients don't even know that they're doing it to be quite honest. Like we don't try to like explain it to the T because we just want to say, okay, now let's put your feet here. Now let's put your feet here. Like, you know, or put your arms here. Now I want to put your arms there. Like, you know, it's, it's not like we're trying to make it super complex for them, but we almost want to make it so that they're doing it and they don't even realize they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think that's been the best method for us to be quite honest with you, because at the end of the day, patients just want to get better. They want to function better. And I know there's a million different ways to skin a cat, but like, we know that, can you say, can you say that anymore? Is that okay to say? Yeah, skin a cat? I think so. Okay. okay. I don't know. You know how there's like those things cats, where it's like kill a, yeah. kill a bird with, kill two a bird with, two, yeah, once, whatever. It's like, beat a, don't, don't, <laughs> don't kick like a me right now. Yeah, Jason Chet's like, like me right now. Yeah. <laughs> don't feed a fed horse. Like we got to say all these things that are politically correct. So oh, no, no, no. I don't know what it is anymore, but. Yeah, there's a million different ways to skin a cat. So it's like, you know, maybe Jason has one way of going about your hip pain and then I have another way. But as long as we get there and you're, you're you know, strong and you're meeting all your goals, that's the important thing, right? And I think that's, we do, we, we bastardize each other. Like PTs, like physical, I know PTs like very, PTs synonymous with like personal training and physical therapy. So I'll, I'll try to like separate them. So Physical therapists are very good at bashing other physical therapists. We're terrible. Like we mm-hmm. like to just talk shit to each other all the time. We're like, oh, that method's so stupid. That method's so dumb. And personal trainers do it too. We're just both of you. So it's like, <laughs> so we, we're super bad at that, you know? And it's like, we can't just be happy for somebody or we can't just say, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? We got to talk shit like, and just really bring the profession backwards. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's as long as we're all working towards the same goal, I know I'm kind of rambling here, we're working towards the same goal, but if we're, if we're throwing a little 3d in there and they don't realize it, I think that's a win, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what a great note to kind of wrap everything up on is, is what it, what it really comes down to is just checking your ego and getting into the industry of, of care for actually caring and not caring about yourself. And like, your method and you fixing people, but rather being a facilitator, creating the environment to where the body can heal itself. Cause that's all we really do. We don't actually heal anything. The body heals itself. We just create the environment, right. and encourage it along to the path that we know is going to get it there the quickest. I mean, you know, right. You know, rubbing a, rubbing an ice pack on a knee, eventually we'll get the knee better, but not because of the ice pack, <laughs> just because you're just not doing anything and it'll just yeah. heal itself. Right. Like it's <laughs> most likely what'll happen. And you're like, Oh, look, I'm God yeah. ice pack. No, it's not how that works. <laughs> we, just as an industry, we just need to have a huge ego check because there is an abundance of broken people. It's just this, the constant, I don't like to say this because it's in like all those bro masterminds. Like there's this mindset of scarcity and it's, it's a real thing. And so often people become afraid and hyper-protective when they feel that their thought process is being challenged. And in fact, I was reading, it, it's the, the finer the line gets and the closer the line gets to, you, to who you are, the more aggressive you get about mm-hmm. your land. So if someone totally. starts kind of doing something similar to you, instead of being like, oh man, that's cool. Come join my camp. You're like, no, must build bigger wall, must build thicker wall, <laughs> like my stuff. 
And I really, I really truly believe it's, it's our inability to adapt. That which actually got us here as a species is that which is destroying us, is our, we've gotten so comfortable at being in the same monotony and just hunkering down with one very small chunk of identity that anytime that gets challenged and anytime someone throws a, oh, look, I'm kind of doing something similar to you, we have to do everything we can to differentiate more, which usually means we go down the avenue of stupid. And that's really just, it, it's got to change. And it's got to, it starts with each and every one of us becoming confident in our ability to adapt, confident in our ability to, to move forward and confident with our ability to cooperate. Because, you know, we're sitting here three different corners of the, of the states right now. There's plenty of clients in between that we can do exactly the same thing in exactly the same way and we'll get a different outcome because we're different people. That's right. And, That's right. And, and you know what? We can uplift and encourage and support each other and, and share ideas because those ideas then can only create more ideas and they can create more results. And guess what? People will just inevitably break themselves. So we don't got to worry about that. And that's, that's really personally, like kind of what I think the traditional model needs to go out the window. Systemically, people need to be confident enough to change. And more importantly than not, like the, the, we need to integrate into communities that are driven towards a better future for everyone, not just the single individual. And I, I think that that's, that's a great, like kind of surmise of, of what we've been going through, Chad. And, and as we do kind of wrap it up, um, you know, we get to ask everyone the question, Esther, I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw in before we kind of wind down this incredible conversation that we've had. Yeah. I just wanted to add Chad that I think, um, your place is such a gem. I wish that your model can be adapted into every corner of, um, the world. I think that's what we need to like get people better just to, you know, approach it from a whole well-being instead of just parts. And I think that's what's really missing. And I mean, just recently having gone through it firsthand, I really appreciate what you do there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, it does become a whole wellness thing. You know what I mean? And, and if we can't help you, we know somebody that can, right. And that's mm -hmm. part of the community thing that Jason was talking about, you know, and, and to keep that circle nice and close that way, not only does the patient have trust, but they feel like they're, they're in good hands, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. exactly. And the final question, Mr. Biceps Burnham, what <laughs> would you like to leave the listeners with? What, what is one piece of advice that you can give everyone so they can live a gooder life? Uh, we do the same question on our podcast and I, I never even thought about answering the question for myself, but um, I love when I can just stun everybody else, but now I'm stunned. So what I would say, since kind of going off your last note is I would just kind of leave it with just saying, kind of do you, and don't worry about what everybody else thinks. You know, when you are putting out content or when you are talking in the community, you're talking to your community. You're not talking to, you know, Dr. Smith in, you know, California that person doesn't help your community. You know, you're trying to help your community, you know? Yeah. If you want to help it on a larger scale, that's great, but don't be influenced by everybody else out there. Stay the path and just make sure that you're doing what you want to do and stick by your own core values and don't let anybody else convince you any other way. That's, that's what I would say, you know, and that's, that's really what's helped us. And quite honestly, like I, I love like having motivation out there to, to jump off of, but I also know what, what, what my vision is and, and I, I will, I will not change my vision, you know, mm -hmm. just because somebody else put out something else, you know? So, you know, do you, 
and uh, do the thing. The thing. <laughs> awesome. So, so that basically means that every uh, client has a three sets of 12 arm blasters curls. <laughs> that, that, that is that's the signature. That's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Got to do the biceps finisher. Got to do yep. the biceps. Not Even yet. if it's leg day, you hit a biceps finisher. It, yeah, you just have to. You have to You have to pick up the... I have to say, though, Chad, I can't even put up my... Like, ever since I started lifting, what, 10, 15 years ago? Like, you know, I'm pretty small, so I buy this small button down shirt. My biceps are bigger than most, so now I have to, like, let, size up and then get it taken in. So... Yeah. No, so for stick women, to the same. That's every stick to the same dream. shirt. No, that's oh, every dude's dream. The biceps bust out of the shirt. Yeah, you well, guys like yeah. it when it's like tight around the biceps. I hate that feeling. I feel so. I feel like a sausage. I don't step on a scale anymore. I'm just like, how does my shirt fit? And if it's a little tight, that's great. I'm not going to get a new shirt. I'm certainly not going to go a size bigger. That's for sure. I'll just try to stretch out the smaller ones I have. <laughs> Right, Jason. You know, dude. Is this until I start getting like the like the tat like the arm tattoos because it's cutting off my circulation? And I'm like, I need to, I need to get out of the baby gap and go next door to like. <laughs> oh my gosh! Very true. Oh, well, we thank you for your time, Chad. That was a really oh, really awesome much. talk, and I like your um, advice because my clientele is quite different than well than Jason's and then yours. But yes, I do sure. have a community here, and yeah, I need to look after my own. Absolutely. I love it. That's it. That's it. Great. Thank you very much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. We'll we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us in the rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. And remember, if you train inside the rack, you better be thinking outside the rack.